This is false and defamatory, the impact of defamation and weaponized social media. Trigger warning, this podcast discusses topics related to emotional abuse, gaslighting, verbal abuse, threatening language, cyberbullying, intimidation tactics, and thoughts of self-harm which may be triggering for some listeners. The content includes descriptions of manipulative behavior, psychological distress, body shaming, online harassment, and other forms of abusive behavior and emotional trauma. Please take care of yourself and consider your mental and emotional state before listening. If you need support or someone to talk to, please seek help from a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. Thank you for listening. Dr. Sean Lee. He is actually my therapist. I was very happy to be connected with him. When I was looking for a therapist, I was very adamant that I did not want to see a female. And so I also wanted someone who specialized in narcissistic abuse. And I searched on the internet and I found a gentleman who had a YouTube channel and a book and maybe some other resources. And I contacted him and he was retiring. And so he recommended Dr. Lee to me and I am very grateful. I've seen Dr. Lee for the past over two years, and he has helped me tremendously. So I'm a a licensed psychologist in the state of Texas. I have my PhD in clinical psychology from Seattle Pacific University. I graduated in 2007. I'm a licensed psychologist in the state of Texas. I've been licensed in the state of California and Indiana as well, but I maintain an active license in Texas where I currently practice in South Lake, Texas, and I've been practicing in Texas and private practice for about uh, about 11 years now. Some of my areas of specialty would include working with survivors of narcissistic and emotional abuse, as well as um, I work with uh, couples and I work some with adolescents and um, I guess a wide variety of clinical issues as well. I think we're probably somewhere around 78 sessions now. When we first met, honestly, I don't even remember how I got to your office. I also don't remember or can't even fathom how I even was able to speak and tell you what was going on. You know, I, I remember that you were pretty anxious and you you were dealing with, you know, a lot of uh, depressive symptoms as well. At that particular time, you were you actually you were just really having a hard time getting out in public. You were uh, worried about, you know, going shopping, going to church. And also even I remember kind of particularly standing out was you were really anxious about going to your son's baseball practice. And so uh, you were pretty hypervigilant and you just kind of felt like you were constantly uh, being attacked and didn't really quite know, you know, how to handle that at the time. It took a good long while for you just to kind of crack that door open and go back to church, for example, or go to your son's, you know, baseball practice. And I think the more that you saw that you could go places and nothing bad really happened, the more, you know, empowered you to were to do those things. In my recollection, it took, you know, somewhere between about six and eight weeks for you to just kind of start that process. Now, 
it has been a process, you know, because there's been peaks and valleys, you know, there have been times whenever you're just like, I'm riding along here, things are going well. I mean, there's rarely a time there occasionally there'd be like a week, and you're like, I haven't heard anything. I wonder what's going on. But most of the time, there's this consistent bombardment towards you and hearing all of these negative things that are said about you from people who don't even really know you and really are only hearing one side. So when I did leave, because of the tendencies that I saw in her, I decided to leave and just go no contact. And I thought that that would be the best way to separate. And that is advice that I've seen quite a bit. It just really backfired. on me and really took a turn. You know, I I think that I wanted to, first of all, clarify that I've never met her in person. So my intention is not to diagnose anyone that I've not met. Uh, But what I can do is I can talk about behaviors and I can talk about things that are associated with things that I've seen in the past. And based on everything that's happened over the last two, two and a half years, what I can say is that people who are wired like this need to get the last word in. And you didn't really give her that opportunity. And so in one sense, it would be great to be able to just kind of leave, go no contact and move on with your life. The problem in this situation is this individual um, had access to the internet with a lot of followers and chose to use that as a forum to can basically get the last word, but not just get the last word, continue to get the last word and try to make your life miserable so that you were completely discredited. And that was the intention behind it, it was make to, to make you feel small. And I don't think to your credit that she ever expected anyone to stand up to her the way that you did. And so kudos to you for for doing that. I have received a little bit of criticism for that, actually. Why did you stand up for yourself? Why not just go away until she focuses on something or someone else? And personally, that's not just something that I could do. But I also know that this was sort of a pattern for her, not at this level for sure. But I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that and see her be able to continue and maybe do this to future people. Absolutely. Yeah. And and one can hope that she learned something from this. But, you know, I, I guess at the very least, at least you were able to kind of give a voice. Uh, you were able to get a verdict in, in your favor, in which case she was discredited. And and that's the significant part of this is, is not only you stood up against her, but with a small amount of data that you presented, even though you could have brought so much more data, you still were overwhelmingly able to convince a jury that you were targeted here and and obviously unfairly targeted here. The healing process, you know, a lot of times whenever I'm working with people who are undergoing uh, or have undergone trauma, the healing a lot of times starts when you get out of the situation. You know, it happens when the trauma stops. And unfortunately, in this situation, it just was perpetuated. It just kept on going on and on and on. And of course, your lawyers are saying, don't say anything, you know, keep silent, you know, don't say anything here. And so you were left without a voice for two years. And so that was a difficult thing, but definitely a profound change when you got the verdict. You know, it was like a sigh of relief and, you know, just excitement and, and, and confidence. And, and it's really kind of like, now I get to tell my story. I get to tell people what the truth is, as opposed to what somebody's narration is that was completely false. 
That is obviously something that is important to me. I had gotten a little bit of criticism for standing up for myself. I've also gotten a little bit of criticism for why even bother speaking out? Just move on. You got the verdict. Just move on with your life because this is only going to make more drama. I think this is your opportunity to be able to talk about what happened, what actually happened, and how it impacted you. And the hope is, again, not, this is not just a catharsis, although I think that it is. I think this isn't. This is one of those things that hopefully will help other people who have gone through similar things, and and maybe even encourage them to do something about it. Because again, people who do these kind of things to people don't expect people to stay stand against them. And when they do stand against them, they expect that they will win. It, it's hard for them to get the message. And, and they'll still lie about it, even when the verdict is read, even whenever, you know, the courts are trying to hold them accountable, they still lie about it. I, I think that it's a good thing. I think both for you individually, and it's my hope that um, the other people get something out of this as well from your example. And that's my hope too. And I know I had kind of talked to you about at one point, I was so isolated, and I really didn't feel like myself in one way, because I was so broken that I couldn't do anything in any way to help anyone else. And that, you know, giving back and helping other people is something that I like to do. As a Christian, you're raised that way and you take care of people when you can and pour into them what you can. And it just wasn't something that I could do for a long time. And so this is definitely twofold. It's healing for me already, but also it makes me really happy that this does have the potential to help some people. And I've started to get some of that feedback too on some of my social media and the blog posts that I write. So that is, that is a really good blessing that's coming out of this for sure. I'm finally getting to the point where I'm starting to appreciate or being able to come to terms with and appreciate the journey that I've been on because of where I'm at now. And I don't think that I would be there without being able to share. When people like this don't expect other people to stand up to them, the verdict is in. Mm -hmm. And that has not stopped the defendant in her defamation. She has made no effort to pay her judgment, which is, that's not the point of any of this. But she definitely does not respect the law or acts as if the laws don't apply to her. I think that people who are wired like this, no, I don't think that that's uh, uncommon. A, a lot of times there's a feeling that they are the smartest person in the room. They feel like they can get away with what they do to the, the rules don't necessarily really apply to them unless it's really to their advantage. Again, when they are held accountable, they will do whatever they can to kind of shirk that responsibility. And they will try again to manipulate people in order to explain away why things uh, came out negatively towards them. Because at their core, they really don't want to be accountable. They really struggle to take personal responsibility for things that they've actually done. You mentioned how there wasn't really a healing that could start happening because I was constantly traumatized. And one time I came to you and said, I feel really guilty because I've, I've talked to a friend of mine and she tried to get me a book about forgiveness. And I am, I, I cannot <laughs> right now. I can't. And you said, that's okay right now. The fact that you're asking about it is a good sign, but it would be, I think you said it would be irresponsible or something like that for you to say, no, you have to do that right now because I was still actively being traumatized. Yeah, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to, to forgive somebody who continues to traumatize. In fact, people who do that, they tend to kind of accept the trauma and they just get exposed over and over and over again to that trauma because they get stuck. So yes, forgiveness is a part of healing. 
Okay. Um, but, but, but the fact that you were continuing to go through that over and over and over again, that's not the time to forgive. There needs to be some space between the abuser and the abuse with uh, the person who's experiencing that abuse. Yeah. So I, I think I've said, I'm glad to hear that that's in the back of your mind somewhere, but that's, this is not the time for that. This is the time for you to be able to process through what's happening and deal with it as best as we could pending you going to court and being able to have that date in court. And then, uh, you know, that's where hopefully that healing can start to occur and that forgiveness can start to, to occur. I just want to add on to, you know, one of the, the reasons why forgiveness at some point is important. It's not really for the sake of the other person. It's for oneself. Because if I don't forgive somebody, uh, someone of something that they've done, then essentially I'm, I'm giving them power. I'm giving them dominion over me because it kind of holds me hostage. That's part of the process of actually working through trauma is finding a way to forgive somebody, even if they don't deserve it. It doesn't matter if they've asked for it. This is more about you taking back the control of your own life and being able to move forward. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm getting there and I never, I never wanted harm for her. I just, can you just stop defending me? You know, I remember on day one, that was actually one of the things that you said is just like, I don't know why she just won't stop. You didn't want to sue her. You kind of were forced into it because she wouldn't stop. And she continued and continued and she still continues to to go after you. And so it's like, well, at, at some point, again, you either buckle and you you fade into, you know, into some sort of corner somewhere or you you stand and you fight. And I think one of the reasons why you feel so much more confident today is because you stood and you fought and you won. And and now you get to tell your story. I found a screenshot <laughs> that I had sent to Todd and I said, my therapist confirmed today that I am, I'm not, I'm not safe. <laughs> so I don't have any other proof. It's the only thing I can't prove. Anyways. Yeah, so, so here's the thing though, you consider, you know, another name for Satan is the father of lies, right? Now the, the irony here, right, is you have these, all, all these accusations like going towards you and there's all these lies, but they're coming at you. It's not, it's not, not you delivering them. It was actually proven in court that it was actually coming the other direction. So it, it would, I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. And I will say, and this is for, for everybody out there. I, I've never once uh, seen you come in with horns on your head, a tail um, or a pitchfork. So, I mean, uh, and, and, and you're just, you're just not red enough to be Satan. So I, th- I think you're good. Thank you. Thank you for that expert advice and opinion. <laughs> whether or not I'm Lucifer. Okay. You have an extensive background in obviously psychology and criminal psychology, and you've worked with all kinds of fun and interesting people and places overall seeing this case, both the court case, me as a case in general, what is your observation of, you know, I I heard you talk about abuse and I'm not trying to be dramatic. Is this abuse? Was this abuse? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely, it's it's abuse, and I think there was um, there's a huge uh, huge emotional component to this, and you know there was an intentional act, not just one, actually, so many uh, you know so many attacks, personal attacks on you. the 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 whole intention was to hurt you, to smear you. That is abuse, and so uh, regardless of diagnostics, 
we could talk about for a long time, like what goes into reasons why people choose to abuse other people. But uh, definitely the bottom line is that you suffered through abuse for 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 way too long. And it's it's this is such an unusual type of situation because this is a boss. I mean, it's it's just it's almost unbelievable unless you see like the the data in front of you it you know it's it's funny i mean these are things that people write books about but most of the time they're fiction you know <laughs> and and yours is nonfiction. and so you know if you ever get around to doing that i mean i think you have an amazing story to tell and i know that you're kind of doing that through this forum as well why did she lie why? Why make up this huge lie? And then whenever she is served legal papers that says this is a lie, you have to stop. Why didn't she stop? Why Why did she build on the narrative and just get, it just escalated and escalated almost daily. She would come up with some new lie. Why? Why would she lie? And I think naturally people wonder, well, there has to be a little bit of truth to this. Otherwise she wouldn't make something like this up. So people who are wired like this, they tend to have a strong need for uh, for praise and admiration. And, and so they go out of their way, uh, again, to bump other people down in order to raise themselves up. She's up on a pedestal, you're diminished, right? It's like so many faults. But here, you know, part of this is like, she gets to punish you. She gets to punish you uh, for not giving her the last word. She gets to punish you by hearing from people that you thought that you knew. Uh, all of a sudden, they're, they're siding with her because they're only hearing one side. And the thing is, is because most people don't make up these narratives. And so when they say things like this, it's very believable and people buy into them, not because they have some sort of uh, defunct, uh, you know, uh, characteristic of, of their own. It's because it sounds believable. And then the more that she gets the praise, she gets the admiration, she's probably selling more product, you know, because people feel sorry for her. And how can you possibly be going through this? Uh, this is so awful. That's why it's because it's feeding something, you know, it's feeding the ego. It's also feeding her opportunity uh, to sell things. And so, you know, she's doing what works and it sounds really devious and it is, but how are people going to know if she just keeps on spinning it, right? How are people going to know the truth? Which again, which is why it's, it was so powerful that you actually saw this through to the end, because now you have, you know, in your hands, a document that says, yep. She was lying this whole time and, and there's not a shred of truth in it. And so that's what you were working for. And so hopefully people will tune in and be able to kind of hear your side of the story so they can make a more informed uh, opinion of what actually happened. So she would just keep saying, I, I wouldn't make this up. I wouldn't say all of this unless I could prove it, which only added to seemingly mm -hmm. believability. Mm -hmm. And that was a little bit maddening because she never has shown any proof that it would be impossible for her to show proof because it's all fabricated lies. But why do people double down like that? Because it, it's because of what you just said. It's like you hearing that you almost believe it you, because you, you could see the look on someone's face. You could you could see how intense they're saying something. And when they double down, you could take it back to the, I, I, I double dare you, I double dog dare you. It's like, it's just, it just piles up and the anticipation, you know, piles up. And, and so it makes it more believable. That's the bottom line. She just wants, you know, people to, 
to accept it. And it's, uh, it's feeding whatever it is that she needs fed. One of the things that I was concerned with when all of this started had to have been either the first or second time we met. I had let you know that I had a prior bad experience with my ex-business partner, and I was afraid that the defendant would reach out to her. And she did. And it was like mind games with me. And she absolutely did. She tried to draw in my ex-business partner and paraded around the products that my ex-business partner sells and my ex-employees. And why? It's not, it wouldn't be uncharacteristic uh, for someone like this to reach out to a former boss. And because the, the thing is, is they're trying to enlist whoever they can, right? And anyone who can either, uh, they feel like could um, build something uh, of a case against the person that they're out, you know, the target. And in this case, you're the target. So it makes sense that she would she would go over after family if she could. Yeah, she would go after friends. She would. She talked about in her post, she brought up my daughter, my son, how my husband probably didn't love me or something. Uh Um, Obviously they weren't in contact with her, but she, she did contact my ex-business partner and to the very end, tried to drag her into it. You have to consider, I mean, this kind of is going back to your, your basic question though, is like, why would they do that? And again, it's, it's more because they want the target to feel isolated. They want to take everything that they possibly can away from that person so that they feel the pain, so that they feel punished. They go after whoever they can. They Again, we, we talked about earlier, they went um, after some people that that you you both knew. And actually, again, her narrative like made people think like, whoa, wow, I, I had no idea that uh, Crystal was like that. Well, it's because Crystal wasn't like that, but they kind of started to buy into it because the narrative was so believable from that side, but it's still a one-sided narrative. But they'll go after whoever they can to feel, you know, so that they could pull them in against that other person and make them feel isolated. You're a person of integrity, which means that your your character is important to you. You know, people who go after people, you know, she probably knew that about you too. And that's the uh, the other part of this is, you know, she she went after you because she knew that it was meaningful to you. And she was really trying to hurt you. And she did. I did struggle with this too, holding her accountable and not just turning the other cheek that I did stand up for myself. And is that okay? Or are we just supposed to forgive 70 times seven and not do anything? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is I think that there's a difference between, you know, uh, forgiveness in, in standing up for yourself. And I don't feel like, you know, we should subject ourselves over and over again to being abused. And unfortunately, people who do abuse, you know, they seek out people who they think that they get away with it. And so I'm not sure what it was about you, uh, but there was something about you that she really wanted to bring down. And she went after you hard. And, and, and she must have been getting something out of it because um, otherwise, what's the point? And so there was something within her that she was getting out of this process. It absolutely was, to me, it was crucial that you stood up for yourself. And and again, you can forgive her. It's, that doesn't mean that you don't forgive her. It just means that um, maybe even you understand her a little bit better and maybe what's going on with her. And maybe that even gives you a little bit of um, peace, uh, knowing that there's something not quite right in this situation. And most people are not wired like this. I think the accountability was important. I think it was good for you individually. And I think it's also one of those things that you'll grow as a result. 
I, I mean, I think you already have. Next time on False and Defamatory. She would post social media posts. There would be commentary online about it. And she would post a response as if it were me. What she said about me in this post was mostly true. Then on December the 14th of 2020, Bartonville police called me. I would at least weekly contact my attorney and say, do we have the police report? Because we had had no further contact and she's online still accusing me of committing crimes. I wanted that police report in my hands because I knew that I had not done any of these things. And I wanted that police report. It took forever to get it. Okay, I'll be very honest with you guys. Over the course of the last like six months, some of my employees who are no longer here um, made it their job to go on our social media and remove followers. And that's the thing, when it's facts, you can say those things out loud without any kind of repercussions. So truth, opinion, and freedom of speech were her defenses. As an American, you have a right to free speech. However, that does not cover defamation. So the defendant wasn't naming me and H by name in every single post. However, this was a narrative that she was carrying on. So a person of ordinary intelligence would know who she's talking about. She would make these posts around the time that she was trying to sell something. Lies, betrayal, blackmail, deceit, extortion, sabotage. Now I realize that she left because she thought I found out about her being a troll on the hate blog, but really I didn't know. And you can keep asking a judge to make me stop talking, having never picked up your phone and asking me yourselves. And he will keep reminding you that if your speech is free, so is mine. My entire website is 60% off and I don't know when I'm going to stop the sale. I guess when I feel like I've earned enough for attorney fees to make sure you two never victimize someone else again. This entire long post was for sales. This horrible thing has happened. These horrible, evil people have done this thing to me and I need your help. And how you help is by shopping on my website. And that is going to help me fight back, not just for myself, but so that these evil people can never do this to anyone else again. She lied to her followers, knew that they would believe her and not only weaponized them against myself and H, but she also was using this campaign of lies to gain sales. Not only did she not retract anything, but she actually started making fun of all of the protraction letters that we sent her. So I knew at that point, yes, she has gone and involved my ex-business partner in this nonsense. So the defendant seeking them out and parading them on her social media so that I would see it. She knew at that point she'd gotten retraction letters. She knew that we were capturing her posts on social media. She knew that I was going to see it. And that is why she reached out to them. That's why she befriended them. That's why she brought them to her home. And that's why she featured them on her website. It was all to play mind games with me. And this is the thing. What Susie says about Sally says way more about Susie than Sally. It really does. The False and Defamatory podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Crystal Wrighton, with music by Harry B. Ragsdale, who also serves as my audio engineer. First and foremost, I would like to thank my guests who generously shared their time and insight with us. I would also like to thank my husband, my mom, my children, my therapist, my attorneys, and trusted friends who walked with me through this process and made this podcast possible. Being able to finally speak the truth is incredibly healing, and I appreciate you listening more than I could actually 
accurately express. If you would like to continue receiving my latest episodes and stay up to date with my content, please subscribe to the False and Defamatory podcast on your preferred podcast platform and follow False and Defamatory on social media with the handle at False and Defamatory. Links to False and Defamatory social media as well as my blog can be found in the episode notes and on falseanddefamatory.com. Listening to the False and Defamatory podcast is free on most platforms. However, if you prefer a video podcast or would like to see the documents discussed in the podcast shown on screen, you can subscribe to my Patreon, where you will enjoy these benefits as well as early access, bonus content, and ad-free listening. The defendant spread her false and defamatory claims to hundreds of thousands of followers for more than two years. My goal is to share the truth so it can reach each person who heard her lies. By sharing this podcast, you can help me achieve that goal. Your support means everything to me and helps me reach a wider audience. So please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with those you think would benefit from it. Thank you again for sharing and for listening. All social media posts referenced in this podcast were included in the evidence in case number 096-321-678-20 in the 96th District Court of Tarrant County, Texas, where the jury unanimously ruled in my favor on August 24, 2022. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the False and Defamatory podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by the guests are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the view of the False and Defamatory podcast or Crystal Wrighton. Please do not make any attempts to reach out to the defendant or her followers. Names have been redacted to protect the privacy of the defendant and her army of followers who commented on her public posts. The unanimous jury verdict has not only provided me with justice, but also allows me to share my story. The purpose of this podcast is to share the truth and to provide educational content regarding defamation and social media. If you have any questions about this or to view the documents discussed in this episode, please visit falseanddefamatory.com.